Tonight I shall be reading from Luke chapter 19, verse 1 to 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man there by the name of Zacchaeus, he was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not. Because of the crowd, so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to, the, to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus looked, stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay him back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to his house, because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Okay, so I was talking to, uh, to Frank earlier in the week um, about what I was going to be speaking on this evening. I said, look, I'm going to be speaking on Zacchaeus. He said, really? That's interesting because I was just digging through some stuff in my house and I came across an old picture that my dad once drew way, way back whenever he was much younger. And he managed to actually get that picture and bring it with us. So I'm going to show you this here uh, this evening. This was drawn by Frank's dad way back. And you can see here a good picture of the story of Zacchaeus. Can you guys see this at the front? Where's Zacchaeus? Anybody have any idea? The guy in the... There? Yeah, good man. That's Zacchaeus. And who do you reckon, who do you reckon this guy is? Yeah, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. And what's he doing? Yeah, he's talking to me saying, I want to go to your house. You up the tree there, actually, yeah, that's the guy. I, I want to go to your house. But then we've got some guys over here, and they are, they don't really look too happy. They look like they're, they're muttering, they're saying something under their breath. What do you reckon they might have been saying? Yeah, any ideas? Yeah, I, and you've had a spot on. Why is Jesus choosing to go to his house and not, not our house? You can see how grumpy they look and they're angry because they, they thought that actually they deserved Jesus to come and spend time with them. But instead, he chooses the guy up the tree. Under, there's not really anywhere I could set this to leave it up, but you can come and have a look at this later on. Um, it's not signed by Frank's dad, but I'm sure it would go for a nice, a nice price. It has a sort of Malcolm McClure-esque feel about it as well. Um, it's very good. I wonder, has there ever been a time in your life when you just felt really, really small? When you were just so aware that actually you were maybe facing a task or, or something um, that, that was big, and you, you were very aware that actually I'm, I'm nowhere near as big as what I, I think I am or I thought I was. I remember a couple of times in my life where I've had that overwhelming sense of just, I am actually, I, I, I'm small and I'm, I'm part of something that's so, so much bigger, but... I'm small. I'm small. And maybe it's rare that I can say that, you know, that, well, back in the day, 
17 stone coming out of school. It wasn't sort of the thing that tipped my tongue. I'm small, but that's, there's times where I felt that. And I'll tell you the first time. The first time was whenever I was in school, and I, I maybe shouldn't have done this, but a friend of mine had a house just alongside Hollywood Golf Club. And at the bottom of his garden, there was a hedge with a nice big hole in the hedge. And we used to do this thing on a really, really clear night. We used to go under his hedge and dander up to the ninth tee on the Hollywood Golf Club. Has anyone ever been to the ninth tee in the Hollywood Golf Club? Okay, there's a few, there's a few. Now up there on, the, on a clearest night, there's very, very little light pollution because it's up at the top. There's no other light around. There's no street lights, there's nothing like that. And all you see is the stars. All you see are all the stars and all their glory. It is incredible. And we would lay down on, on the green and just sat and watched. And we were seeing shooting stars go by. And you just saw the whole, you could almost make out the, the, the galaxy, the Milky Way. It was incredible. And in that moment, I remember feeling, I remember feeling, Flip, I am tiny. I am tiny. And then another occasion, a bit more recently, um, I think I've talked about this before, but Jenny and I went to South Africa uh, about a year ago, and somehow, somehow Jenny managed to convince me that it was a good idea to do a skydive. And it took a lot of convincing, but eventually we got there. And I'm going to fire up some photos of, uh, of that, whole, that, that whole event. Now, that is actually Jenny jumping out of the plane. And in the corner of the screen, you can see me looking on at her uh, in fear. This was my face whenever I saw Jenny go. Oh my goodness, I have to do that there now as well. It was horrible. And there we go, I'm just about to jump out. And then in this next photo, you can see my head is about to pop. <laughs> my head's about to pop there. But what was really interesting about that event was we got in this plane. It was a tiny, rickety wee plane. You could just about stretch your legs. There's room for about four people. And we got in this plane and it took off. And it was crazy how quickly we ascended. We went high so, so quickly. And the higher we got, the smaller the things on the ground became, the smaller the buildings became, the smaller the cars became, the smaller the people became. They looked like little tiny ants running around on the ground. And when I was up there, I could see things from a different perspective. I could see things much higher and I could see everywhere. And I realized all of a sudden, again, flip me. I am, I am tiny. I'm just a little itty-bitty human being called Reuben. But isn't it true that actually as human beings, there's something inbuilt within all of us to want to ascend, to want to go higher, to want to, to lift ourselves out of that feeling of feeling small and actually want to become something bigger. We want to ascend. Now, maybe you want to climb higher in, in school. Maybe it's a case of, I want, to, I want to do better in my exam results. Or maybe it's even just in your sports team. I want to, I want to be better this year. I want to make the A team. Or I want to uh, maybe achieve this in my sport. Or I want to achieve this in my hobby, in my music, or whatever it may be. Maybe it's in work. And maybe you want to climb that ladder. Uh, and you, you go to work, and every day it's all about working harder and harder and harder with the hope that one day you'll get bumped up the ladder, and then maybe, just maybe, you'll finish at the top. You'll finish at the top. Well, when we read the story of Zacchaeus, we have to assume that he was no different. See, Zacchaeus wanted more money. He wanted more power and more success, and he was not afraid to get to the top by treading on those around him. 
So it tells us in the story that Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector. That means he was, he, he was the big dog. He was the guy in, you know, in charge of the tax collectors. He had made it. He had made it to the top. But he'd made it there by cheating other Jews. You see, each person back then, they had to pay their way. They had to pay their taxes to the Romans. But get this, Zacchaeus, he went to collect the money and he would add a little bit of money into his own pocket. So maybe you owed, say you owed 20 pound to the tax man. He would knock on the door and he would say, <coughs> excuse me, you owe 25 pound. And he would take the 20 pound of the tax man, but he would maybe slip the five pound in his back pocket. Do you know that kind of thing? And as a result, he was becoming richer and richer and wealthier and wealthier. And he had, he had risen up the ladder because of the kind of man he was being. Now you have to realize there would not have been many people who would have liked Zacchaeus. Not many at all, especially within his community, um, that Jewish community. In fact, it's probably fair to say that he was despised among the Jews because he was a Jew who was working for the Romans and he was stealing from other Jews. So he, he, was, he was Zacchaeus' enemy number one. But even though Zacchaeus had worked his way to the top, there was something missing. He had the money, he had the power, but there was something missing from within him. A successful man was once asked, he was asked, he said, what bit of advice do you wish that you'd been given? When you were just starting out as a young man, whenever you had that little business way back in the day, what advice do you wish you'd be given? And he replied and he said this, I wish someone had told me that when you get to the top, there's nothing there. You get to the top and there's nothing there. You spend your whole life trying to get there and there's nothing there. Well, Zacchaeus, he really, really wanted to see who Jesus was. So he ran ahead of everyone else. And because he was a small man, he was small in stature, small in height, he had to climb a tree. Now, this in itself would have probably been reminding him, wouldn't it? It would have been reminding him of his, his short stature, maybe even his, his shortcomings. He was a man who was used to wealth and riches. And he looked down on the poor in society. But now... He has to run ahead of everybody else to climb this tree just to see Jesus. Now, when Jesus got to where Zacchaeus was, he looks up the tree, and what does he not say? He doesn't look up this tree and say, Zacchaeus, I've heard all about you and how good you are and how, how, how rich you are and how wealthy you are and how successful you are. I want to go to your house for lunch. Does he say that? No, that's not what he says at all. Instead, he says something else. Instead, he says four words that speak right into the heart of, of Zacchaeus' situation. And I want to say he speaks right into the heart of, of humanity's situation. He says this, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. Four words, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. Come down from that tree Come down from that life. Come down from whatever it is that you've been striving after. Because no matter how you climb, no matter how high you climb, you're not going to be satisfied, Zacchaeus. You can keep trying. You can keep trying to get wealthier and richer and become higher in position. But you're not going to be satisfied. So come down immediately. You see, Zacchaeus was seeking to be fulfilled. And the way that he was trying to fulfill that was, was with money. And with power. But was this life to the full? 
Well, we know that it wasn't because we know that he was hungry for something else. He was curious as to who this Jesus was, and he wanted to know who he was so much that he would be willing to actually disgrace his position, disgrace himself and, and who he was, and climb this tree. Because back then, that actually, you know, it would have been not frowned upon, but you'd have, people would have been turning their heads saying, who's this guy? Who's this guy climbing the tree? Is he not the wealthy tax collector? But we know that Jesus, Jesus does offer us life to the full. And it says that in God's word, in John 10. I have come so that you may have life to the full. And Zacchaeus encountered that that day. Now imagine, sorry, there's the wee verse there. So I have come so that you may have life and have it to the full. Imagine you were in the crowd that day. And imagine you'd come to see Jesus and hear all that he would say. And then straight away you see Zacchaeus speak with, you see Jesus speak with Zacchaeus. And he says to him, I want to come to your house for lunch, Zacchaeus. But then the crowd starts saying, he's a horrible man. He's, he's a bad man. Jesus, what are you doing? Why do you want to go and, and spend time with him? That's not the sort of person that, that you want to be hanging around with, Jesus. Stay here with us. We deserve, we deserve your attention. We deserve your time. Okay, I'm going to hit pause. I'm going to ask a very, very personal question here. Who here is a fan of Justin Bieber. Moms and dads, don't be shy. Put your hand up, be honest. Is there anybody here is a fan of Justin Bieber? Just me. <laughs> Just me. Mark, okay, I've heard you singing his songs yet. I know for a fact that whenever Justin Bieber comes on, it merges. there's a few that start dancing, they can't help it. So there are a few fans over here, I know there are, okay? Now, there's a really interesting thing about Justin Bieber. He is one of the most famous people in the whole wide world. If you were to go onto Twitter, you would see how many followers Justin Bieber has. Let's take a guess. Anybody have a guess at how many followers Justin Bieber might have? 15 million? No, we're going to have to bump it up a little bit higher. Yeah. 20 million? We're going higher again. 50? Close, but nope. Yeah, Sam? Infinity followers. Yes, he's got million. No, he doesn't have infinity followers, but it's probably close to it. He has 106 million followers on Instagram or on Twitter. And something really interesting happened. I read this a while back. So Justin Bieber released his new album. Okay, and obviously all of his diehard fans, they just went crazy. They were so passionate about this new album. They thought it was incredible. And obviously, lots of people were, were putting things up on Twitter, talking about how amazing it was and how much they loved it. But there was one girl, one girl who posted something on Twitter, and she was the only girl, the only fan that Justin, Pe Justin Bieber then went on to retweet. Now, you might not know, if you don't really understand Twitter, retweeting just basically means that, look, the celebrity acknowledges what you've said, he's seen it, and he says, look, I I'm going to post that on my Twitter as well. I see what you've written, I'm putting it on my page. Here's what she said. Here's what the, the young 15-year-old girl said. Not really a fan of Justin Bieber, but his acoustic album is really good. That, that's all she said. And that was the one that he chose to post on his Twitter. Now, you can imagine the other fans and how crazy they went. They were raging. Oh, there's these diehard fans who just want to be noticed by Justin Bieber, noticed and acknowledged. And one that 
I'm able to put up on the screen because the rest of them were so ridiculous. <laughs> One said, you retweet that and you don't even know I exist and I'm a believer. I can't. Ah! They were so angry, so frustrated. But that's the one he chose. And as the crowd watched Jesus calls the case down from this tree, they too were muttering, why would Jesus choose this man? They thought they'd earn time with Jesus instead. But Jesus chose the sinner. Maybe they thought that Jesus had made a mistake. Maybe they thought that Jesus had got the wrong guy. But what was it that Jesus said to Zacchaeus? Remember those four words? What were they? Yeah. Yeah, Zacchaeus, come down now. Or Zacchaeus, come down immediately. He actually uses the word immediately. He says, get down here right now. Have you ever heard that before? <laughs> What's the first word he uses though? Zacchaeus. He calls him by name. He knew who he was, which means he knew his reputation. But Jesus doesn't define Zacchaeus by his past, but instead he looked at Zacchaeus and he knew what his future could be. See, that's why Jesus chose to talk to him and go to his house. While the crowd looked at Zacchaeus, they saw a man who had cheated people out of their money, who had worked for the Romans, a man who was rich, a man who was wealthy, who had no concern for anybody else. But Jesus, Jesus sees a man who's lost, a man who's searching for satisfaction in all the wrong places. But that is where Jesus comes in and says this, or it says in verse 10, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. So Zacchaeus was just the man, just the man that Jesus was looking for. Now I wonder what, what your background is. I wonder if it, was, if it was you up the tree, what would the crowd be saying? Now maybe you haven't, maybe you haven't stolen the way Zacchaeus has. But it's probably fair to say that each and every one of us have something very similar or very... Um, yeah, very similar with, with Zacchaeus. We all want satisfaction, and we all look for it very often in the wrong places. Maybe we look for that satisfaction in, in popularity. Maybe we look for it in exam results. Or maybe it's, it's in the, the partying and, and things like alcohol. Or maybe it's actually promotion and it's in work, and that's where our satisfaction and our identity comes from. Or maybe it is exactly like Zacchaeus, and actually it's, it's in money. But we have a tendency to have a selfish heart, don't we? And that's not just us here. That's, that's the human race. The human race has a tendency to have a selfish heart. But a selfish heart is not the end of Zacchaeus' story. And that's the good news. He meets Jesus and then something amazing happens. He's transformed. He is literally transformed. First we see him change from, he, he's curious about Jesus. He, he wants to know who he is so much that he'd run up a tree. And he changes from being curious to calling him Lord. He now calls him Lord. He met with Jesus and saw who he was, and he calls him Lord. That's the first transformation that happens to Zacchaeus, but it's also the first transformation that happens to us whenever we encounter Jesus for who he is. The Son of God, we call him Lord. Secondly, Zacchaeus says this. He says, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay back four times the amount. So the second transformation that we see there is a heart transformation. 
from selfish to generous, from inward looking to outward looking. And let's be honest, that, that would not have been easy for Zacchaeus. He's a rich man. He'd been cheating people out of their money, and, and now he has to give back four times what he's, he's stolen. That's not easy, especially for someone who spent a life pursuing wealth. You know, it says in, in the book of Luke, verse 25, it says this, Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Imagine that. Easier for somebody who, easier for someone to go through the, the eye of a needle. Now, the eye of a needle is just that little tiny hole where you can thread a needle through. So it's easier to fit through that, a camel through that, actually, than for a rich man to get into the kingdom of God. And that's where we say, but that's impossible. That is absolutely impossible. You could never do that. But then in verse 27, what does it say? It says this, what is impossible with man is possible with God. You see, according to the Jewish law and according to the leaders there at the time of Zacchaeus, he was out of God's reach, but not according to God. He wasn't out of God's reach. Instead, we see God transforms Zacchaeus by the renewal of his mind. We're told about this in, in Romans 12, verse 2. And we're challenged not to conform to the patterns of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And it's when we meet Jesus and call him Lord that we too begin to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That means that when we're living in relationship with Christ, we too should have a shift in our heart as well from, from selfish to generous. We too should move from thinking, how much can I get, rather, than, rather to, how much can I give? Imagine how that would impact our, our schools. Imagine how that would impact our sports teams. Imagine how that would impact our, our BB, our guides, our, our, our youth organizations, our workplaces. But imagine having that heart and how that would impact our churches as well. Coming to church with a heart that says, look, what can I give here? Rather than, what is this going to give me? What can I get? And if I don't get, then I'm away. See, this story speaks hope into, into your life and into the lives of those around us because the Bible tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have that in common, was the case. But even still, Jesus calls you and he calls me by name. He knows the depths of our heart and yet he still calls us by name. Maybe you're, you're being called tonight to life to the full. Maybe, maybe you, you know Jesus, maybe you're in relationship with Jesus, but maybe there's a calling tonight just to come down from the tree, to, to come down from pursuing something else that you're putting above. Maybe it's work, maybe it's schoolwork. Uh, that, that, I'm not saying don't do your schoolwork, guys, of course, please, please keep doing that. But maybe the, we're putting the priority too much there, who knows? But in Jesus, there is transforming power to live for him and be fulfilled in Christ. That is the, that's the good message that we can get from Zacchaeus. So guys, I'm, I'm going to bow in a, in a word of prayer. and I'd love you to, to join me. And then we're going to come together. And we're going to um, take up our offering. And uh, we'll, we'll know if anyone's been stealing, if there's four times as much in the offering place tonight. <laughs> but let's bow our heads and we'll, we'll pray.
Heavenly Father, I thank you that you know each and every one of us. Lord, that you love us, that you've made us to be unique. Lord, that we are your masterpiece. And Father, I thank you that you step into our situation. And where we strive to to fulfill our own lives, you call us away from that, Lord. You call us by name. So Lord, we thank you for the amazing gift that is your son, Jesus, and just that incredible act of, of love, of grace, of mercy that was shown on the cross. And Lord, I pray just with this story of Zacchaeus, I pray that it would remind each and every one of us, Lord, to to give our lives to you, Lord, to live a life um, for you, Lord, one that is outward looking rather than inward, one that actually looks to serve you and to serve those around us as well. Um, And Lord, I pray that you would transform us by the renewing of our mind. Lord, we pray this all in your holy name. Amen. So Father, we do, we ask, Lord, that you would be our vision. We ask that you would be uh, the Lord of our heart. Lord, we want to put you first, Father. Lord, I pray that uh, every young person here will really enjoy their the day off tomorrow, Lord, and, and be with all those who are enjoying their bank holiday. Uh, keep us all safe. And I pray that you would really go before us, Father, um, and that we would know your leading and your guiding in our life. We pray this all in your holy name. Amen.